Hello, Daniel Barnett here from Outer Temple Chambers, and welcome to episode 47 of Employment Law Matters. This episode deals with an issue that nobody's really talking about. How much notice pay do employees get if they're given notice while on furlough? Do they get 80% of their notice pay, the rate they've contractually agreed to get while on furlough? Or do they get 100% or indeed something in between? Just before I start, this episode is being recorded on Monday the 27th of April 2020. We are one week into the three-week-long 28 webinars, 28 barristers, 28 employment law topics that you can join us on at www.employmentwebinars.co.uk, where a whole raft of barristers are joining me to answer your questions on a huge variety of employment law topics, almost all of which we have kept well away from coronavirus issues. If you're listening to this after we finish on the 7th of May, have a look anyway, because you can get all 28 recordings, watch the questions that were asked, and watch the answers that were given by the 28 barristers. www.employmentwebinars.co.uk And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. We know that employers are entitled to give notice of termination, whether on grounds of redundancy or otherwise, to employees who are on furlough. Salary payments made by the employer during furlough, even if it's still notice, can still be reclaimed from HMRC, subject always to the limits of the coronavirus job retention scheme. An unresolved issue, though, is this. If employees have agreed to accept 80% of their salary while on furlough, is their notice pay also paid at 80% or does it revert by operation of law to 100%? Remarkably little has been written on this, in part because what sounds like a really simple question entails an extremely complicated analysis – And even with that analysis, the answer remains opaque. So please bear with me. This episode is a little bit more technical than I try to make most episodes of Employment Law Matters. But at the end of it, I think we'll reach a fairly clear conclusion. I'm going to argue in this podcast that despite the established statutory rules, which lead to the answer, it depends... A court or tribunal is going to strain to make sure that an employee gets 100% of their normal pay during notice period, even if they've agreed to accept 80%, and there are a number of devices a court can use to achieve that outcome. But before I get to that, let's spend a little bit looking at the orthodox analysis and looking at the strict contractual position between employee and employer and seeing how that fits into the extremely complex statutory framework dealing with payments during notice periods. The first question is, how much notice is the employee entitled to receive under their contract? And the answer to that question affects whether certain minimum notice payment rights under the Employment Rights Act 1996 are engaged or not. So let's look first of all at the position. If the employee is entitled to at least one week's more notice than the statutory minimum. If they're entitled to at least one week's more notice 
under their contract than the statutory minimum notice period, then the right to minimum pay during notice doesn't apply. That's in section 87, subsection 4 of the Employment Rights Act. In which case, unless the furlough agreement says otherwise, the orthodox conclusion is that an employee is only going to be entitled to the 80% pay that they've agreed to accept whilst on furlough during their notice period. This assumes, of course, that they are on furlough throughout their notice period. If the furlough ends, then for the balance of their notice period, they revert to 100%. Let's just look at an example. Kate has worked for her employer for two and a half years. Her contract says she's entitled to receive one month's notice. She's agreed in a furlough agreement to accept 80% of normal pay while on furlough. Because she's worked for two and a half years, her statutory minimum notice period is two weeks. We know her contractual notice period, one month, is at least one week more than the statutory minimum. One month is at least a week more than two weeks. Accordingly, Section 87.4 of the Employment Rights Act results in her not being entitled to statutory minimum notice pay, and her notice entitlement while on furlough is one month at her current contractual entitlement, i.e. 80% of normal salary, because she's varied her contractual entitlement to 80%. Because, of course, there's still more than a month to go under the coronavirus job retention scheme, her employer will be able to reclaim all her notice pay from HMRC and just pay her 80%. Here's a second example. Dave. Dave has worked for his employer for 15 years. His contract says he's entitled to three months' notice. His statutory minimum, of course, having worked for 15 years, is 12 weeks. He's given three months' notice on the 27th of February 2020, and that three months expires on the 26th of May 2020. That period, between the 27th of Feb and the 26th of May, is a contractual notice period of 12 weeks and six days. 12 weeks and six days is not at least one week more than the statutory minimum notice, which is 12 weeks, and so he is he is entitled to statutory minimum notice pay, as I explain in more detail below. What if the employee is only entitled to statutory minimum notice, or at least no more than a week's notice above statutory minimum? This, I think, will be the case for most employees. If they're only entitled to statutory minimum notice, or at least no more than a week above statutory minimum notice, the employee gets the benefit of a minimum guaranteed notice pay right as set out in sections 88 to 91 of the Employment Rights Act 1996. But it's not straightforward. In order to get the statutory minimum guaranteed notice pay, they've got to, according to sections 88 and 89 of the Act, establish either that they're incapable of working during notice because of sickness or injury, or that they're ready and willing to work, but the employer isn't supplying work. 
If either of those criteria are met, then the employee is entitled to statutory minimum notice pay during their notice period. Well, the first one of those two tick boxes is straightforward. If the employee is incapable of working because of sickness, they get their minimum notice rights. Note that this is different from being eligible for SSP, the criteria for which have recently been widened to cover a range of coronavirus-related absences. To fall within the requirement, the employee must actually be incapable of working during notice because of sickness or injury. So shielding or living with someone who's shielding or unwell isn't enough. The second criterion is trickier, but it's the one that most people will be able to tick. Is the furloughed employee ready and willing to work, but the employer isn't supplying work? If yes, they're entitled to statutory minimum notice rights. The latter bit, by the way, will always apply during furlough leave. It will always be the case that the employer isn't supplying work during furlough leave. That bit's always ticked. So that just leaves the first few words of that tick box. Is the employee ready and willing to work? Now, in my view, that's going to depend on the reason for furlough. If the employer has furloughed the employee because there's not enough work available, then I think the employee will be ready and willing to work, despite the fact they might have agreed reluctantly not to do so. And if that's the case, they do qualify for minimum guaranteed notice rights. What if the employee has asked to be furloughed because they're shielding? Well, that's slightly less clear, but on balance, given they'll have the tribunal's sympathy, I think a tribunal will probably decide that they are ready and willing to work, but they're not able to do so because of government shielding advice, and accordingly, they do qualify for minimum guaranteed notice rights. But I take a different view if the employee has asked to be furloughed just because, just because they'd rather get 80% of money for staying at home and not having to work, rather than an extra 20% for having to go into work and do 100% of a working day. An employee in that situation probably isn't willing to work, and so they probably don't qualify for minimum guaranteed notice pay. Let's now examine how much money they will actually get under the orthodox approach. First of all, what if the furloughed employee on notice does not qualify for minimum notice rights? That'll be the case if they've got a longer notice period or if they're not willing to work. If they don't qualify for minimum guaranteed notice rights, then the orthodox position is that their pay during a furloughed notice period will be whatever they have agreed to receive while on notice which, if they're on furlough, is going to be 80% of normal salary, subject to a £2,500 per month cap. But what if they do qualify for the minimum guaranteed notice rights? So they're on statutory minimum notice, or just a titchy bit beyond that, and they fall into the incapable of working due to sickness or injury, or they're ready and willing to work but the employer isn't supplying work categories. Well, it would be nice if there was a straightforward answer to this, but hey, guess what? There isn't. Their minimum guaranteed notice rights are then based on them receiving a week's pay 
for each week of notice. And what I'm about to describe is a hugely oversimplified version of the rather complicated rules about a week's pay that can be found in sections 220 to 229 of the Employment Rights Act 1996. Those sections set out three different ways of calculating a week's pay. And why wouldn't they? Scenario one deals with employees with normal working hours, where their remuneration does not vary with the amount of work done. For them, a week's pay is the amount of contractual pay due on the calculation date. The calculation date, according to section 226, is the contractual pay due on the day before notice was given. Now, that will normally be furlough pay, i.e. 80%, assuming the employee has varied their contractual salary entitlement by agreement to receive only 80% of normal pay. Scenario two deals with employees with normal working hours where remuneration does vary with the amount of work done. For them, a week's pay is the average earnings over the 12 weeks before notice was given. I add in parentheses that the recent increase in the holiday pay reference period to 52 weeks does not apply here. So depending on the length of the notice period and the period of time they've been on furlough before that, that will very likely involve averaging out some non-furlough weeks paid at 100% with some furlough weeks paid at 80%. And scenario three, which covers employees without normal working hours, the calculation is pretty much the same as in scenario two. So where does that leave employees using the orthodox analysis? I don't like to reach this conclusion, but I think the answer is that most employees will be entitled only to their contractually varied furlough pay while they're on notice, presumably 80% of normal salary with a cap of £2,500 per month. Others will be entitled to a figure on a sliding scale between 80% and 100% if they fall within scenarios 2 and 3, as I described a moment ago, And that would require the employer to top up the 80% that it gets from the government from the coronavirus job retention scheme. So we now come to the nub of it. We know what the orthodox approach requires. Are tribunals actually going to follow that? Because it's massively counterintuitive to allow employers to get away with paying less than normal notice pay during a notice period because an employee was willing to forego parts of their normal salary in an attempt to help the employer remain solvent and save jobs. It would be bizarre, to take an extreme example, if an employee who refused to accept furlough, leading to the company closing down and becoming insolvent was able to claim a hundred percent of normal notice pay against the redundancy fund and that employee was then in a better position than an employee who tried to help their employer by agreeing to be furloughed and agreeing to accept 80 percent of salary when on furlough so i think that there are 
a number of devices that a tribunal will probably use to make sure that employees get 100% of their notice pay, even if furloughed. I don't think these are correct if one adopts an orthodox approach to employment law, but I think they represent the reality of what's going to be decided by the courts and tribunals. So there are three workarounds here. Let me dispose of a a nice easy one first of all, and that's where an employee has a garden leave clause in their contract. If they're under notice, they could argue with actually considerable force that they should be entitled to their normal garden leave pay, typically 100%, because they're on notice, they're being told not to do any work for their employer, and that's exactly what garden leave is. So why not allow them to rely on the right to normal pay during garden leave. That's a nice easy workaround, but of course many employees won't have a garden leave clause in their contracts. So how else might a tribunal work around the orthodox position? Well, the second way is that a tribunal could find that the coronavirus job retention scheme only applies when an employee is not under notice. The difficulty with that argument is that the coronavirus job retention scheme is a device enabling an employer to reclaim salary from HMRC. It doesn't give rise to directly enforceable contractual rights between employee and employer. The third way a tribunal could try to work around is by implying a term that the employee's agreement to reduce salary to 80% should only be while they were not under notice, perhaps on the basis that it's necessary, more likely on the basis the officious bystander would say, well, of course, the coronavirus job retention scheme is there to preserve, not remove jobs. But the flaws in that argument are twofold. First of all, such an implied term would be inconsistent with the expressly agreed term to reduce salary to 80% during furlough, and you can't normally imply a term which is flat-out inconsistent with an express term. Second of all, the coronavirus job retention scheme does, in places, contemplate jobs ending due to redundancy while somebody is on furlough. I'll give you two examples. First of all, where it contemplates rehiring someone who has previously been made redundant while the scheme is in operation and then making them redundant again at the end. Second of all, the scheme specifically says, or more accurately, the employer's guide specifically says that payments under the scheme cannot be used to fund redundancy payments, as in statutory redundancy payments. That implies that employees can be made redundant while on the furlough scheme, and it contemplates jobs ending due to redundancy while on furlough. Having said all that, in my view, tribunals are likely to use one of these routes to ensure employees get 100% of pay during notice, notwithstanding the very real problems with workarounds two and three. Let's finish with some quick thoughts about what happens if employers get this wrong. Well, there's no issue of constructive dismissal, of course, because the employee's been dismissed anyway. If employers pay 100% when the employee is strictly only entitled to 80% of salary while under notice, 
the employee is highly unlikely to complain about being paid more. In theory, if the employer subsequently ceases to trade, an administrator or a liquidator might seek to set off those overpayments against any other liabilities to the employee, but that's quite unlikely. The other way round, if employers pay 80% or between 80% and 100%, as the orthodox view suggests, and a tribunal or court later rules that 100% of salary ought to have been paid during notice, the employee will have a claim in the tribunal or in the civil courts for the shortfall. Of course, there's no financial loss to the employer if such a claim succeeds, because it will simply be ordered to pay that which it would have paid anyway if it had chosen to pay 100%. In other words, there's no additional penalty, possibly apart from some trivial interest payable in the civil courts. However, An employer who wants to rely on a post-termination restrictive covenant will find itself unable to do so. The post-termination restrictive covenants will be ripped up and thrown out the window if the employer has dismissed the employee in breach of contract by underpaying notice pay. Do note, please, that other issues arise if the employer tries to exercise a pay-in-lieu-of-notice clause in which case the payment may arguably not be referable to wages or salary and may fall outside the coronavirus job retention scheme. And other issues may arise if the notice period goes beyond the closure of the coronavirus job retention scheme or beyond an agreed period of furlough. And in that case, the employee's contractual entitlement might revert to 100%. Those are a couple of of other issues to think about, but we can do it another time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, do subscribe at www.danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast. And please leave a review if you haven't done so on the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Daniel Barnett from Outer Temple Chambers. Bye bye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.